podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Episode 10, we looked at the fallout of Season 3 of the draft. Episode 20, we thought we'd said goodbye to the GOAT forever. Episode 30, we had our first ever transfer special. Episode 40, we, we looked at the fallout for Season 5. And now, almost a year into our run, we're here. SDL 50, and finally, Saturday Draft Live, for the first time in its existence, is live. It's Saturday Draft Live, live. <laughs> we're really live yeah yeah for, real, for realsies this is happening we're live pal i can live it up to what namesake here we go it's about time mm-hmm. about time we did it yet the conspiracy theories can do it why can't we so we're here <laughs> live on facebook live bringing you the greatest show in our history i am scott McLeod. i have been here for 50 glorious episodes of saturday Night live and I will introduce you first to the men who will help me bring in this glorious occasion. First off, climbing the leaderboard, the notorious David Hockney continued to avoid relegation. With his trusty cap, he seemed to say to the rest of ESSR, look at me, ESSR, I have a new hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, oh, I'm feeling feeling good now that we're, you know, we've just taken that next step up. You know, we've we've soared to new heights in the same way that Montez Ford soared to new heights after Cesaro <laughs> chucked him in the air. <laughs> oh, don't bring that match up. That was cost me some valuable points. That did. <laughs> and finally, a man who joined SDL and has risen to new heights, far and above the allegations that he had relations with a small chicken-like animal, more than likely a chicken, is <laughs> the one and only Jack Graham. Yes, do I. We're finally here, finally doing it live. We've got the full cell. Obviously, you're in, we're both in our room, Scott, and Dave's is loud. And he's even, he even brought the casting couch with him for this great episode. You know what? <laughs> we're living at large for SDL 50. Hey, this isn't my living room. This is my second room. You know, my living room's like on the on the other mm-hmm. side. So, Mate, yeah. you're just not helping the case that you've got the casting couch, my friend. <laughs> uh, I'm living up to the moniker of the Bellhead for the West End. So, the Lord of the Manor and all that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And we like to have special guests for big editions of this show, and this is no different. A while ago, this man being on the show would seem unheard of, because outside of everybody having to be here for a draft selection show, I banned this man back in season four from ever appearing on this show. But, you know, he's, he's producing this show, so it'd be awkward if we didn't have him on to, you know, to at least talk about his team for a little bit. He is a favourite uh, to win this season. But if he wants to avoid being banned again, he should watch what he says. And for God's sake, man, trim those sideburns. It is Daniel Campbell. There he is. There he is. There he is. Trim, trim those sideburns. What the hell are you on about? Don't <laughs> argue with me. <laughs> yeah, you know, Daniel, see, before you got your hair cut, you actually ended up looking very, very close to Tony Siobhan. <laughs> it was the look I was going for. <laughs> Yeah, I, I take inspiration from some brilliant haircuts, so you know I have to. I had to try with him, but then it started to piss me off, and I got a haircut, and now I look five stone lighter, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how do you feel to finally be unbanned, and you're finally a guest on Saturday Draft Live in the live edition, no less? Well, it is a. Uh, it's it's decidedly average to be here, guys. Um, 
No, I cannot. It's, it's, it's actually quite interesting because I remember ages ago, just because we had like a a little like laugh about it one time after a show, that was how I ended up on said band list. So <laughs> it's fitting that, you know, obviously I am here. I'm producing the show, obviously. And yes, Mr. McLucas says correct. The main event is on. You guys are very much welcome. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. I will uh, get all the plugs kind of out of the way because we've got a lot to get into. There's no time for doing it at the end because we've got a big title showdown coming later on, but more on that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember to follow Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Suplex Retreat. Usually you can hear this show and many other great shows like our feature shows, ESSR Central, we're learning to all the news and everything going on in wrestling on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, all good Android podcasting sites. Hopefully you're tuning into Facebook Live to see this live version, but we'll have an audio version of this as we usually do on those Android podcasting sites if you're not able to catch us and you just prefer listening and you don't want to gaze upon our glorious faces, <laughs> then that is up to you. Uh, also, if you stay tuned to our social media channels, uh, you'll see that uh, ESSR will be taking part in a TV quiz tournament, a team comprising of... Stephen Wilson, Grant Robert, and Ross McLeod will represent the SSR to go against Jack's team, Big Picture, uh, and a TV quiz tournament I'm hosting over on the Rogue Opinions podcast, and they will feast the winner of Team Rogue Opinions versus Team FTTV, led by former co-host of this show, David Campbell. I'm very excited to be a part of that. I'm sure Jack is as well. Uh, it's, it's, been the, it's been the plan since day one, since I joined this podcast over a year ago. I was, I'm going to get in, I'm going to learn the ropes of what it is to do a podcast, make my own, hope that someone else hosts a TV tournament and the map podcast comes up against Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet and I can absolutely rinse the floor with these wrestling wet wipes. Don't like wrestling anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I call the long con, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And as you've seen, Alan Lucas made a comment. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, feel free to comment, get involved, uh, comment on your favourite moments of the last 50 episodes. We'll be talking about some of ours later on, or just comment on what you think of this week's performance, or who do you think is the favourite to win this season. And I mentioned David Campbell, I need to get this out of the way. He has sent me a lengthy message that he would like me to read verbatim on this show. If you guys will allow me, we'll get this out of the way, if you will. Yep, go ahead. Fine, go ahead. Just to clarify, I'm making this statement as David Campbell, not the GOAT. I feel it's important to distinguish between the two. The GOAT is a character I developed to try and best entertain the listeners and just be downright ridiculous. David Campbell is a guy who loves ESSR. David Campbell is a guy who thought Stephen's draft idea was genius from day one. A guy who mailed Stephen and Scott about doing a show, running down the results every week. He's a guy who loves this show to this very day. I loved the first 20 shows I was I was lucky enough to be part of. I was really impressed with the show. It's how it keeps evolving. New hosts, new segments, unexpected things happening every single week. It went from the little show that could on a Patreon page to being the most reliable content on the extra feed to taking its rightful place among the flagship shows on the brand. Now, he compliments me and the others here, so I, I swear to you, I'm not like trying to be overconfident by myself. This is what he actually says here. <laughs> Scott has been awesome since day one and will never get enough credit for going up his time to edit and appear on the show each and every week. Jack is an immense personality and Dave's stats analysis is invaluable, brackets, except when he's going on about stupid team balance shit. Sorry, had to be the goal <laughs> at one point. Close brackets. <laughs> Another man that needs mentioned is Stephen. 
The work he does for the draft is incredible. Without him, there would be no draft fun to enjoy. I'll take no credit personally for the cut. Oh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I'll take no credit personally because the way I see it, I did nothing more of my stint in the show than simply enjoy it each and every single week. It wasn't hard work at all. It was and still remains fun. Anyway, well done on 50 shows. Here's to 50 more. Re it remains the best show on this network. And I couldn't agree more. 100%. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you, Goat. I'm almost tempted to call those words, you know, maybe a beautiful piece of metafiction or something like that, but, you know, I'm not that tempted, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've had that but, somewhere. Lads, we're going to do now what we do best, and that's run down the draft. And we'll start, mm-hmm. as we usually do, with the top three of the week. And we go to number three this week at 18 points. It is Gary's tag team, Jack, of the Heart Business, a team that we were all, we, we said it before, we were all curious, like, why the Heart Business? Why even MVP and Lashley as the two members? But, like, they're rising up the ranks of the table, especially the top ten of the season overall. They're ranked number two with 92 points overall and 18 points this week. Especially, yeah, I, Gary drafted, like, ninth or tenth this season. He was, like, right down near the bottom of doing it overall. And everyone was so surprised when they took... The heart business, especially being Bobby Lashley and MVP, because we everyone everyone wanted Bobby Lashley as a single compare because they thought, oh, they'd be doing multiple matches himself and just be featured a lot. But Gary's put an absolute blinder getting him them in as a tag team and even putting them as a captain as well, rightfully up second place. He's got him right in with a chance of winning this season overall. So I'm very jealous he's got him, but uh, who are we to complain? You know what I mean? It's well done, Gary. Mm-hmm. And given the fact, Dave, that he also always appears when Bobby Lashley's doing like his singles matches, like when he will def- be facing Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn at Survivor Series, mm-hmm. he, also that all the purpose will be there. So it's not as many points as you get from like a tie team one, but appearance points, especially coming up to Survivor Series, the finale of the season, is valuable. Yeah, he's been very clever with how he's uh, picked the heart business in the in the way that. You know, he he takes away all the singles advantages, you know, of Bobby Lashley being United States champion and getting, you know, title wins and stuff. But at the same time, it actually very cleverly takes away all the disadvantages from that as well. And picking them as a tag team as opposed to individual competitors, that creates a sort of safety net for him at the same time so that he only loses points if they both lose. But what the Hurt Business has done is, you know, they may be operating as a faction, but they're still at the same time four individuals. And I think that's the trick that Gary's been able to exploit here because I can also reveal like one of the other members of the Heart Business, Shelton Benjamin, is actually the highest scoring undrafted competitor uh, on the roster right now. So I think people actually missed an opportunity to complete the, well, originally at the time it was the, tr- the, the trifecta of the Heart Business with Cedric Alexander being an addition after the teams were selected. So I think mm-hmm. looking in hindsight, people have missed a huge opportunity to add Shelton Benjamin to their teams. I would be surprised if, like, uh, you see, obviously, sitting now, Cedric's in the ranks, if two folks that are drafting next season, they draft Bobby and MVP as one tag team, and another person will draft Shelton and Cedric's a tag team, especially, like, on Raw on Monday, there's a non-tag title match in the new day in Cedric and Shelton, so there's, there's definitely potential for points being split that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been wondering why Cedric and Shelton don't just go for the tag titles, because really, at the moment, they're the one of the only tag teams left because they keep seemingly breaking all the tag teams mm-hmm. up. I yeah. I, I wouldn't surprise me if the Hurt Business actually ended up did taking the Raw Tag Team Championships, and it doesn't matter which pair of the four of them take it, because you know, I think they're arguably 
one of the most entertaining things about Raw for the past few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, you are at, at the top of the table, which we'll talk about later, but Ryan, uh, you picked from six, but Ryan uh, picked from first, and his pick, Roman Reigns, is keep with what I think what's keeping him like closing in on you and Jack. Ryan picked Roman Reigns at 21 points. Again, he still just appears on SmackDown, mostly in talking segments. But again, that's the advantage, I think, of having the captaincy on him, and also he is the universal champion. Yeah, the, there is that. I mean, obviously, Roman is not wrestling as heavily now as he would have prior. His appearances now have become a lot more so story-driven, whereas mm-hmm. he'll wrestle when it's called for, as opposed to just, here's Roman Reigns, let's put him in the match. And which, which, I'm, which we're glad is the case, otherwise we'd all be fearing for our placements on the table right now. But mm-hmm. with regards to like Reigns' placement, it, it was a good pick putting the captaincy on him because I knew, my, my gut feeling was Reigns was going to go early. Mm-hmm. And it, it was to the point where even when I was thinking of people to draft, I was like, well, I can't be saying a wearing in place since if I am not drafting first, Reigns is gone. That was just a given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I think Roman Reigns, like at least in the next couple of seasons, even after WrestleMania, probably is where he's going to drop that Universal Title. If like mm. Roman Reigns, if you're like if you get selected number one draft pick and you don't take Roman Reigns right out the gates for your first singles pick, then like you've missed an opportunity and you deserve to be relegated because <laughs> like Roman, much like Drew previously when Roman went away, now he's came back. He's like probably better than he ever has been. So he is basically the most valuable player like, or one of the most valuable players the draft has right now i know two ways about it yeah it's uh like roman reigns you know he's arguably the most in demand selection you know for seasons going forward the next season will be survivor series to the royal rumble and i think he's pro- like as you said scott you know he's probably going to hold the universal title all the way to wrestlemania it would be an absolute no-brainer to whoever gets drafted first roman reigns i bet is going to be the very first pick again yeah, even though in between that team you'll probably only have two really key title defences on pay-per-view, but even in between then he'll still be a featured player on, on television because, again, he's one of the top two champions in WWE right now. Mm-hmm. But Dave, I'll stick with you right now. As at 25 points, uh, a pick that finally paid off his full potential to you, uh, Randy Orton, 25 points after winning mm-hmm. the WWE Championship at Hell in a Cell and then featured prominently on Raw the following night. You've got to be just like so happy with yourself. It's a massive sigh of relief more than anything because I was so nervous watching that Hell in a Cell match from a draft perspective that I thought, well, you know what? I think people have been you know, saying rumours online you know, that Drew's still going to continue his run as WWE champion. And it wouldn't surprise me if it did because he's actually done a really, really spectacular job as champion. But like one RKO out of nowhere and it all changed in an instant. Because like, if, if Randy Orton had lost that match, I was pretty much done for the season. So, I mean, sorry, Jack, but I mean, your big gamble of switching the cap seat to Drew hasn't paid off. But you never know. it. You might not be out of it just yet. That's all I'll say. Yeah, this is going to be a sore subject for you right now with Drew. I mean, he held on, he held on to the title longer for this season than most people thought. A lot of people thought he was going to lose it at SummerSlam. Then they said Clash of Champions. So you know what? You hold, you held on to it for at least a good, at least half of the season. So, you know, you've got that. And you've for now, you've still got FTR as uh, champions as well. 
Yeah, it was, as, as I've said on many occasions, you know, for for the majority of this season, it's been me and Daniel that have been like kind of up the top and the constant job and lots of defences is just kind of managed to ed, edge me a wee bit, even though FTR had their brush with greatness and I thought I need to do something to try and at least make a gamble, you know, try and overtake Daniel. And I thought, right, I just, I need to put it on Drew because I didn't have many kind of pay-per-view appearances in my team, so to speak. It's just always been kind of my team's feature a lot weekly. So I was like, right, I just, I just, I just need to do it, see the gamble and see what happens. Obviously, rolled the dice and I, I rolled a one and it just didn't, didn't happen for me. But the points that I lost, I managed to gain back pretty much in Raw the next night with Drew appearing a lot as well, which was good. Obviously, getting a win over Miz and appearing multiple times in there. And there's still potential for Drew to be involved with the Survivor Series team. You know, there's, there's a lot of scope. I've just got a, a bit... Obviously, I've got FTR going up against Young Bucks on mm-hmm. Full Gear, which I think is next week. And yeah, today, uh, next Saturday, with this weird with this weird stipulation as well that if Young Bucks don't win, they are never going for the tag titles again. So, uh, are they going to lose the belts? I don't know, but I'm 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 happy with Drew being my captain now. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he served you well and with uh, Orton's win he's moved up to 4th overall this season the top 10 of the season with uh, 73 points whereas Drew is now down in 8 with 49.5 points but I think I don't think they've fully like confirmed all the Ross Virus Series team, I think Drew could still find a way on that team Yeah, there's two spaces left Two spaces open and I think Drew will probably get one of them and I think the last one might go to Braun Strowman yeah, because you can't like, have Drew go from WWE champion to then a big force coming up and he's just not on the show. Yeah. He's clearly, without, without the title, he's clearly a, a favourite by people backstage. And we talked about the top the table. We'll talk about that now where we look at the top 11 uh, of the, the season because obviously this is a bigger season with all the relegation stuff going on. Even with Donny Gargano, his new captain, winning the North American Championship at Halloween Havoc, Grant Robbie still remains... And 11th, eh, I think that may be due to the fact that also Candice were then the same show lost in a championship match, so mm. he kind of didn't gain as much as he wanted. He still can't break triple digits. He's in 96, down at 11th. David Campbell at 107 points in 10. I'm just above him. Then going on the razor's edge uh, in 9th at 110 and a half points. I'm creating, I'm starting to create distance, which is what I need from David Campbell, especially with who Karushida is last minute announced defence at full gear, but I think the last minute nature of that announcement means she's not losing it yet, which is what I need right now. I need a pay-per-view title retention to help create that much-needed distance, especially with, like, Seth Rollins, David's captain, constantly appearing on bloody SmackDown. (laughs) That always seems to be what helps them up. We can't have any of the SDL boys getting relegated, you know what I mean? It's not not a good standing for the show. I mean, Scott, you're pushing the boundaries here with your position here, but you know what? I think it's a race between you and the goat to avoid relegation at this stage. Myself and Jack are pretty much in the clear. Yeah, Grant, Grant's getting relegated regardless. I think it's unfortunate to say. I think it's just a race between to see who joins him. I think he's even said that uh, himself in our group chat. So it's kind of the position he finds himself in. Like the fact that I've got Seamus as part of Survivor Series is, gives me hope he'll probably be first eliminated for his team. But you know, he's on Survivor Series, so that's something. Little victories sometimes. Uh, we've got Stephen at uh, 125.5 points. Ross is in 7th at 132 points. 
Allen, 161.5 points. Gary Kernan, David Campbell's favourite, uh, 163.5 points in fifth. David Hockney, you were kind of in third, but you moved down to fourth, uh, or 173 points. Mm-hmm. Ryan's only half a point ahead of you in third with 173.5 points. And then we mm-hmm. come to, I don't want to dismiss it as a two-horse race because I think Ryan and David still have a firm chance, but it's been between you two for a lot of the season. It's been one week it's you, Jack in first, one week it's Daniel in first, but this week, Dan, uh, Jack, you're in second place with 177 points and uh, still a decent gap, but not too much that you can't catch up. 185 points, Daniel Campbell is number one at the table this week as he looks so smug about it. <laughs> Uh, that that's a trophy I'm going to get in here. I was number one on Saturday Draft Live. <laughs> to be fair, you've been number one on this season for quite a while, so uh, it's not something to really shout from the roof off when we've seen when we've talked about it so frequently. Hey, I don't don't, don't, don't I've dismiss been that. The last two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> like that I came in thinking, heaven. okay, right, first season, first season I joined, I'm like, right, okay. So I'll pick Samoa Joe, I'll pick Daniel Bryan, I'll pick, like, Keith Lee, and I'm like, okay, that's brilliant. Joe gets concussed. Daniel Bryan, like, whatever the hell happened with him. Keith Lee, <laughs> yeah, he did okay. Then the next season, right, Keith Lee was all right, I'll do the same for him. Loses the North American title, then loses the NXT title. You know, <laughs> I had a pretty crap run at first. And then I think to myself, you know what, I'll get a little laugh out of everyone. So when it comes to me picking Elias, I'll do the guitar strum. And look what happens to him. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I've picked a team that for once is actually doing me okay. I will celebrate this as much as I want, damn it. Don't take it away from me. I, that is the you did good on SmackDown, people. actually. People need to stop picking allies, to be fair. I picked allies, they didn't work out. Seems to be anybody who picks allies doesn't have a good season. I'm it's picking allies next season. No, don't. <laughs> Learn from my mistake. <laughs> yeah, you shoot yourself in the foot, Jack. Don't do it. <laughs> it seems to be the way of draft winners like you can't like be doing decent and then come into a season and win it you need to be doing crap beforehand and then win it because I had a decent season I think I finished second season three when the mm. first two seasons I performed terribly and then won season four and then look where I've gone since so like there's no consistency with draft performances if you win a season so mm. you know like so I mean, take it from me, I, can, I mean take it from me I won season three but then ended up seventh in season four all because Rhea Ripley lost the NXT women's title, uh, the NXT women's title at WrestleMania. Oh, the reason I was so happy about that loss is because the night before, I still managed to hold on a, my win uh, for the season. Despite the fact that Shayna Baszler lost, and I was counting on her to win. And David, amongst everybody, seemed to be the happiest and found it the most funny when that happened. And <laughs> then the next night, Rhea Ripley lost, and basically, I think that was karma, David. And quite frankly, you deserved it. <laughs> uh, but that's the funny thing. I think we we were all going into it thinking that Shayna Baszler was going to win the Raw Women's Title, and then all of a sudden it just a a, a fluke roll up pin out of nowhere, and that's it. Game's a bogey. And I remember I did uh, I did send you the the gif of Drax the Destroyer doing his loud laughing yeah. when uh, Star Lord got his uh, secret crush on Gamora exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, still use that, I still use that gif, it's brilliant Those two results, like the one time where we don't want to criticise WWE for being obvious because it's obvious for good reasons and then someone's like, you know what, let's switch that around, it's too obvious Bloody WWE 
but let's shift the attention back to Mr. Campbell for a second because we're going to talk yes. about your team, a team which I think is, and David Campbell will hate me for saying this, very well balanced. Because <laughs> right now you've got the Street Profits current SmackDown title champions, formerly the Raw Titans before they had to be switched to uh, John Moxley and Chris Jericho, two prominent players in AEW. Both have big matches coming up at full gear. You've got Kevin Owens, who's now on SmackDown, Mercedes Martinez, like she was appearing as far as Jerusalem, now she's mm. gone AWOL, and Alexa Bliss appearing frequently with The Fiend on Raw. I think, especially given how far down the table you were drafted, you were kind of in the middle point, you made some kind of smart decisions. The smartest one, I think, is the Street Profits as the tag team. Yeah, <laughs> I possibly um, wonder who that I think, could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an anonymous Facebook user, but I wonder who it could be. Yeah, who knows? Just so we know for anyone watching, if you do want your names to appear on the stream, there is a link in the Facebook post on the community page. If you follow that link and give it permission, it will actually show your name. We do know who that is, and don't worry, go. It's fine, it's fine. Don't worry. Uh, in terms of street profits, I was pretty happy like when it came around to me picking my tag team. So I'm just like, wait, no one's no one's picked the street profits yet. Like they they were one of the hottest like tag teams, but they've been one of the hottest tag teams all year. Like let's mm-hmm. let's face it, um, it's been pretty fantastic. Uh, this is equally fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is I hate balance. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, how do you shorten that? Do you have like a wee nickname you want to go as instead? No, can I have a full name badge that says he <laughs> <laughs> um, hate P? Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> just like it comes out this unnatural. I don't know. Uh, in terms of the street profits and their appearances, when they were doing the sort of back, backstage um, the rating stuff on Raw, that was racking up a good amount of points. Then, when it came time to picking teams, like I was saying before, it was a case of, ah, no one's picked them. I'll take them. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted the smoke, I got the smoke, and I am very much enjoying having the smoke. See, I was in a, I was in a bit of a kind of position like that as well, because, obviously, I think, I think for the majority of people, like, obviously, I got FTR, and I think that was everyone's, like, kind of first tag teams, was pretty much set in stone, they would have won the world tag titles at the first AEW pay-per-view of the season, but Ryan Gallagher, for some reason, drafted Breezango straight away. Uh, fair enough, no, that's what it is. While. <laughs> but uh, if I never got FTR, I, I would have went for Street Profits as well. It's just that, that they are that consistent tag team across every season. They are going to appear every week, and especially when they're on Raw in a tag division when there was no credible people to win the tag belts, it wasn't going to go off them anytime soon, so it was very well expected, but I do, I do agree with David Campbell in saying that uh, this team balance thing is a myth because obviously I've sort of drew on Raw and Mickey James. Mickey James has been absent for the majority of the season and the rest of my team are on a Wednesday night and I'm like been tussling up a first place with Daniel for most of it. So I think it's just it's just a luck of the draw with who you get. Mm-hmm. I mean, Daniel, Daniel actually drafted ahead of me uh, in the kickoff show and I knew that you know, if he wasn't picking the Street Profits, I was ready to pick them. So I think there was actually a couple of instances, you know, he picked people I was gunning for and then I had to resort to second backup. So, I mean, he saw the opportunity and he pounced on it. And obviously, as is reflected in the points with the Street Profits getting 41, he's clearly made a, a smart choice having them as his tag team. 
Daniel, you were ahead of me, so you're after, picking after me, and I chose uh, Cesaro and Nakamura, who were then the SmackDown Tag Champs. I yeah. figured, like, at the moment, there weren't anybody credible to take the Raw or SmackDown belts. So I thought you'd offer now the Raw and SmackDown thing belts are going to stay kind of as they are. And mm. the string with the Street Profits is, like, when Ross had them last season, I think it was, they had, like, times where they weren't wrestling a lot, they were just appearing. And then there was that month where, after they got attacked by Andrade and Garza, they just weren't on TV. So, you know, I thought I wasn't entirely sure about them as a pick. So I figured if I'm going to pick either the Raw or SmackDown champ, I thought I was safer going with Cesaro Nakamura. And then the bloody new day came back and ruined everything. <laughs> now, I'm going to correct your statement here first. So, the new day do not ruin anything. The new day make everything right. So, yeah, it's true. It's only fitting that when they came back, fortune began to favour me when they took away the titles from Cesaro Nakamura. So, thank you very much, New Day. I mean, it's another Facebook user, but I think we can pretty guess. I think we can pretty <laughs> guess who that is. It's like Wait, a I'm, getting pa- I'm getting paranoid by the hair line. It's like a me taking B's Well, it's not me because I've got my hat on. <laughs> I mean, same I mean, I'm getting paranoid by the hairline. It's. It's going all the way back, so I need to keep the French down now, but I, I do not appreciate the comparison to William Gallagher. I think that boy's a right melt, but what can you do? I mean, to be fair, it could be worse. Like, right now, you're actually looking like somebody put methadone mixed through a tumble jar. <laughs> you know, just being honest, like, you brought me on here. Like, that's what you guys expected. Like, you should have kept me on the oh, band list if you wanted to avoid this. So, I mean... <laughs> Scott. How do we kick him out? I, 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 I see why he was banned to begin with. Get this prick out of here. <laughs> Don't, Don't draft, draft him. Oh, you know what? I'm loving this audience interaction now. This is great. Uh, see, this but, is why it's wonderful. Look at Go back to your team, Daniel. Uh, I think what's good at this, this point in the season is it's still, like again, well, with David and with Ryan... I said they're still got a chance of like moving into the number one position because we've still got two big shows coming up before the end of the season. Mm. We've got full gear next week, and then Survivor Series. I think Survivor Series will be a big like telling point here with regards to how everybody finishes. But with full gear, you've got Jericho taking on MJF, and then you've got John Moxley defending his AEW title against Eddie Kingston. How confident are you that both of them will walk out with the win? And which one are you more confident in if one of them's going to lose? Well, I do remember back on the the kickoff show that we did, everyone was kind of like cracking on, just like, oh, you picked Boxley, he's going to lose. <laughs> and obviously we saw how things turned out. Um, Hi, I wonder who was saying that to you, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who. Also, um, Jack, just another wee thing for you. Uh Oh, for goodness sake. Stop drafting your heart out. And the puns keep coming. <laughs> yeah, they do. Champagne drafting over. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. I, can't believe, I can't believe we allowed Ryan Gallagher's comment to get shown. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you, you said to... Uh, and he said maybe. Get out. Oh. Get out. Come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> 
was wow. blood or better than the Oasis. That was the worst. That was, that was the worst of the lot. One of the few, one of the few Oasis songs I remember that hasn't been said already. Leave me alone. <laughs> but back Just to because AEW. there are guitars in my wall does not mean I am going to play it, no matter what you think, Scott. So, uh, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, everyone, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> to quote, like, uh, so nobody Anyway, back to the wrestling. The anyway, back to the wrestling. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not familiar with that show. Um, no one has. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's, let's be honest. But um, in terms of the team like, at full gear, I'm not going to lie. I see I'd maybe be more confident in Jericho winning over Moxley. Like, Moxley, mm-hmm. I get the feeling this is probably around the time. Like, it's, we're near enough at, I mean, what was it? Was it? I'm trying to remember what pay per view it was. Moxley won the title. Was it not Full Gear? Was it Revolution? It was Re- no. Revolution, yeah. Right, so, so you're near enough coming up. Like we're nearly at a year of Moxley being champion. So they're either going to keep it going to a year or at this point have the big moment be Moxley loses it and it's like, oh, like you'll, they'll change things up. Jericho and MGF easily the highlight right of, of AEW right now. <laughs> like for for what people may have yeah, for, for all the things people could have like opinions of like Jericho sticking around and you know continuing on as he has. Jericho has been doing solid work in AEW and I've been loving pretty much everything he does. Like the uh it was very weird back in the summer to even comprehend the idea of a mimosa mayhem match. <laughs> but you know, sure enough, he made it work. I get the feeling with the with MGF, it's either going to be Jericho wins or MGF kind of swerves him. But either way, I'm still looking forward to it. Can't complain. Yeah, I could really see like the last few weeks have really convinced me that Eddie Kingston really had a chance of of winning, especially now mm-hmm. if like Kangman, who's seemingly faced now, uh, wins the, the tournament. Him versus Kingston, I think is a really it's a matchup, and they need fresh, interesting mm-hmm. matchups in AEW right now. I think. Uh, at the moment, yeah, also, you've that. got Alexa Bliss frequently appearing on Raw alongside The Fiends, I said earlier. And the Street Profits will have a big match on Survivor Series as they take on the New Day. Uh, I'm sure you're probably confident about that. But mm. like, as we said, we, we've been seeing with Jack the last few weeks that uh, Drew winning would be a, a big thing with him like in regards to keeping the top spot. And I think if FTR lose that full year, that will also be a, a hindrance to him. Is there anything mm. at this day, do you think any... Which of your reformers do you think you think like if Mox loses or if the Street Profits lose, uh, a little coming pay per views that could be what hinders you, or you think you're like I mean with a big loss you're still able to hold that position. I mean, I'd say probably more Moxley would be more my concern, obviously, because he's my captain at the moment. So mm-hmm. it would be double points if he loses the AW title at full gear. Uh, Profits, while they would make multiple appearances, probably wouldn't be able to save the gap at that point. Uh, the only thing I would then end up having to rely on would be, you know, the appearances from Bliss, the Prophets, uh, Owens, and like from Jericho. That'd be the only things I'd have to try and save. M- Martinez, like we don't know obviously what's going on with her right now, so she's she's basically like, you know, she's a name that's right there, is not getting any points right now. Like if there was a transfer window, it would have to be her I would switch out. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, you know, I'm making do with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think Owens on SmackDown this week earned a spot on the men's Survivor Series team. 
So across mm-hmm. the year and Survivor Series, it helps that your team is well represented on both shows. And yeah, I do think Moxley is the one to be concerned about because it has been a while when AEW aren't seemingly don't like doing like short title reigns unless you need to hold it while uh, Cody does a bloody reality show. Hence mm-hmm. Cody Lee. Yeah. Uh, that really sticks in my throat. <laughs> but uh, Dave, we've been all about how well Roman Reigns is doing for Ryan earlier on. Mm-hmm. What are you think feeling? How are you feeling going into the match at Survivor with your kit? With you've got Randy Orton going up against mm-hmm. Roman Reigns. How are you feeling about this? I mean, Orton is more recent as champion, but Roman, I think, is more the body. I think in Darius' eyes at the minute. Mm, yeah, honestly, I don't think either of those guys could afford a loss at this stage. So it's it's very much up in the air at this point. But there's also that lingering specter of Miz now holding the Money in the Bank contract. And there was rumors floating around that, you know, 22nd of November was a very crucial day for the Miz back in 2010. And it was in the Amway Center of all places where he won the WWE Championship by cashing in on Randy Orton. So I think there, and there have been art, like memes and rumors going around that this could be history repeating itself 10 years later. So what I'm hoping is, you know, I'm not really fo- too focused too much on the Orton-Roman match because... Um, <laughs> um, just knows where he wants things to go. Yeah. My best case scenario for Survivor Series is Miz cashes in on the night and fails. Orton retains the championship and that's a successful retention for my captain in a title match. On, on a pay-per-view. I mean, what a way to end the season, I think. And, you know, as we've seen earlier, you know, Randy Orton got me 25 points just this week alone. So, but obviously that includes Raw. So we'll estimate, you know, maybe, I think it's uh, 16 points you get for a pay-per-view defense. Yeah, if that happens, you know, that could very much uh, push me to the top of the table. So I'm, I'm watching that carefully. And, you know, there was other rumors that Randy Orton is set to defend the WWE title against Edge at WrestleMania. So if that happens, if that's still the plan, I think the only logical way this is going to happen is Miz cashes in and fails. I see, yeah. Dave, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to disagree with you. Obviously, it's came out a lot from the woodwork again. It's, it's been said many a time as well that Rip, the only person Ric Flair wants to have seen eclipse his title reign record is Randy Orton. So I wouldn't be surprised if Miz cash in at Survivor Series wins, but then Randy Orton wins it back. So then that's two titles to catch up to that record. I think that's more where this is kind of going now, mm-hmm. even with coming up against Edge. So I think, and plus, ah, yeah, unfortunately, because it'll put that on another good position come up at the end of the season, but I do think it, it can be a successful mid-cash in at Survivor Series. See, I, I hear what you're saying, Jack, but I think there's still plenty of time for, for Randy Orton to make it 16 reigns, you know, the following year, especially, you know, when crowds start to come back. Like, I think if Ric Flair wants that to happen, you know, eclipse the 16 championship reigns, what better way to encapsulate that in, in front of a crowd? I think, I think for, the, for the time being, it's probably best to, you know, play it safe, keep things stable, and then uh, see where things are post-WrestleMania. I mean, that's just my... That if I was thinking out loud and if I was planning the way it would go, I think that's probably the, the best way to do it. You see, to me, what the funniest thing that could happen in regards to Miz's cash-in is that uh, back in 2010, he cashed in the night after Survivor Series 2010 and also Survivor Series at the end of the season. If Miz weighed and cashed in the night after Survivor Series, the season <laughs> would be over and nobody would lose or gain anything from Miz uh, winning the title 
I, well, me. That would be very funny. I'd be, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy, you know, if it was the night after Survivor Series, much like 10 years ago, as opposed to the night itself. But either way, if it's, if I'm hoping it's going to be a failed cash-in, you know, that could boost me right up to the top in a last-minute surge. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, it disapproves of what I've said. Uh, it's basically because <laughs> Miz is on Alan's team right now, so that's why you're getting all this, this feedback. There's like a little sort of comparison we can make between 2010 and 2020, because if you think about it, they debuted a new stable, they were seeming like quite a big deal at first, and then all <laughs> the momentum just got swept out from under their feet. So, yeah, I mean, apart from their lack of a presence on Survivor Series, it's a near enough match. Very much, <laughs> Uh, we will talk a bit more about Full Gear and uh, sorry to use closer to uh, the shows like we'll talk about Full Gear next week because we'll record the day of the show. But, but one last thing on Survivor before we move on to like favourite moments of SDL. Uh, something that made me, like, I know the teams for the Raw men's and women's are still coming together, but they put together Raw women's team this week. I saw Mandy Rose and I remembered, wait, wasn't she number one pick for Gary this season? I keep forgetting that. Out of everybody, yeah. like you, people taking Roman, bloody uh, Drew McIntyre, all sorts, and he chooses Mandy Rose's number one pick. I still mm. think that's the one of the strangest number one singles picks that we've ever had in this draft. Yeah, by far. I mean, Mandy Rose is currently uh, fourteen points for Gary's team. Funny enough, it's actually the equivalent to what Bray Wyatt has gotten, and Bray Wyatt was picked fourth. His highest score is obviously the Hurt Business, but his second highest is Damian Priest, who, even though he lost the North American title, he's still sitting pretty comfortably on 28 points. So Mandy's actually in the middle of his uh, of his team in terms of individual points. Yeah, I think the strongest uh, with by far picks that he's got right now are the Hurt Business, because like as we said, they're right near the near the top of the uh, the top ten the season overall. You know, I wouldn't want to criticize Gary's team too much because you know. But David Campbell will be at me, you know, if I ever say anything negative about his dear Gary <laughs> Kim. <laughs> uh, but three of us have got um, three of us have got uh, representatives on that team for the the women's team. It's uh, obviously, as you mentioned, Gary's got Mandy Rose, Ross has Shayna Baszler, and I've got Nia Jax. So there's quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of representation going around. Much like in the in the men's team as well, you know, Stevens get AJ Styles, Scott, you've got Sheamus, and Ross has Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. I remember like, I didn't watch that Raw live. I seen Riddle versus Sheamus, and I thought like, oh, because I knew Ross had Riddle. And he seemed like, oh god, there's another another kicking the balls from our team. Wake up, and I see Ross like saying all sorts about Riddle, how useless he is. And I'm like, wait, Sheamus won. <laughs> I mean, Sheamus getting your points, yeah. Again, I chose Sheamus as a panic because my two picks I wanted besides him got picked in the two spots ahead of me. And so, uh, well, I, I didn't take a gamble on a different ginger in Sami Zayn. That would have been a lot better, even though he'll probably get murdered by Bobby Lashley at Survivor Series. But still, he would have got me more title points than bloody Sheamus has ever gotten. But, you know, well, it's just one of those—it's one of those instances where Sami Zayn, you know, was one of the people that didn't reappear until at, literally the week after the kickoff show. So that was an unfortunate uh, missed opportunity to not draft Sami Zayn. But there was nothing any of us could have done about it. So we'll, we'll transfer now into talking about favourite moments uh, of SDL, the last 50 episodes. If you have a favourite moment, please make sure to comment 
uh, on the chat. And, you know, I, I had to be selfish at first. I'll mention a couple moments that involve me because I'm a, it's a toss-up between, you know, the season four selection show where I got revenge on David Campbell. Or it could be midway through season five where I successfully uh, cashed in my season four opportunity against Sarah. So, you know, I'm trying to think of something non-revenge related that I'm not <laughs> a very petty person as you discovered. I've got one. But, mm. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, when the GOAT drafted the golden role models. That was... That was... I mean, he, in, in all fairness, he actually did say he was going to do it. So give him credit you know, for keeping to his word. But oh, yeah. holy crap. I mean, what on earth I is he I won't give that man credit. Or ever give that man credit. He's an idiot. Why did you do that? It was always going to happen. <laughs> hey, I've actually got a good one. Uh, also, kick, also coming from the season four kickoff show, when <laughs> everybody, I was, sec- I was second uh, oh, I, person I to choose. Yep, <laughs> I remember this. Literally, everybody thought that my first singles pick was going to be Adam Cole, baby. But, <laughs> but then I swerved every single one of you when I read it out said, my first pick is the NXT champion. You, Scott, started writing Adam Cole on the board, and then I say at the top of my voice, Rhea Ripley, and I stick it to every single one of you. Like, uh, that's still one of my favorite moments from uh, from SDL season. In particular, it was right after, uh, you know, it looked as if Adam Cole was going to get swiped from under me. Uh that's but not then one of was, my favorite moments. <laughs> no, I didn't enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it was just... Uh, it was absolute wind-up, you know, you guys teasing me about Adam Cole and stuff. You taking the, the undisputed name away from me. You know, you were just poking the bear, and then I come out with Ray Ripley and the shock on all your faces. Stephen Wilson, I believe, one of the quotes from David Campbell was, Stephen Wilson looks like he's having an aneurysm in the corner. Like, I think that pretty much <laughs> summed up all of your reactions to it. You, you, made, you made a terrible mistake, though, when you said that uh, your team name was Day One as uh, H and just confused a living shit out of everyone. <laughs> David Campbell can never pronounce yeah. it properly. Whatever his team name is. Uh, just for that comment there, I didn't. I wasn't panicking at all. You know, I was. Uh, I knew that you know Adam Cole was in danger of getting picked, so I was prepared for the fact that you know I had a backup option. And boy, did it shock every one of you! That's what I'm most proud of. It did, yeah. I mean, I yeah, and getting... also there was no need for the Adam Cole T-shirt. I think I was a little over the top. <laughs> I remember getting Adam Cole uh, a couple of rounds later, and I was worried because I thought like David's no picked him. Am I? Does he know something I don't? Mm. <laughs> I think it was all setting up for the fact he'd probably lose at the Mania takeover. He's retained in February at that takeover, and then mm. I think I must have been one of the only people happy that there wasn't a Mania takeover because it meant there wasn't an Adam Cole title defense that weekend for <laughs> to lose me any points. Guy, but I even just before the kickoff show, I mean, it's not quite SDL related, but winning season three was one of the big highlights of just the draft in general. Like, and that was the same night I won the Royal Rumble sweep at the same time. My only regret for that is not switching my captaincy to Drew in the last week. But I uh, I took the gamble that Undisputed Era were going to beat Imperium, and unfortunately that didn't pay off. But in the end, it didn't really matter. I would say that my favourite SDL moment, obviously, it was 
me, me and Daniel both joined this podcast about a year ago and literally a couple of months into the season three or season four, I won my first title on Saturday draft back against Stephen Wilson. That was that was a great moment for myself. But another moment just in terms of like when uh, me and Dave have been on the show doing it every week. I really enjoyed the episode this season. We were we were discussing just there's the table in general and Ryan Gallagher popped up in the group chat saying, Oh, can I come on? I've got I've got something to say to Stephen Wilson and he started going on his run of Stephen Wilson on the show blah blah and out of nowhere. Ross just appeared and just went, I, I agree with you, uh, Ryan. We're just like, wait, what? <laughs> I just shown that, like, like this, 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 this show can have just so many surprises, and it's like the entertainment's always going to be there from the unexpectedness to the title shots to cash ins to whatever. It's just you, you get it all here. Yeah, that's what we've always tried to do. Like, David Kell mentioned it briefly in that uh, statement I read earlier. We wanted to create. I think like you need to tune in every week. Something's always going on. We've got this person on, or it's going to be something to do with the East Side. It was a major announcement uh, this week on the show. Something I'm, I'm very proud of this season. I know Dave wasn't a fan of it, but uh, when we I, when we managed to surprise you with the uh, spare cheese yeah. casting with Andy Mitchell, because it was Andy's one and only appearance on this show. Yeah, uh, I we found we, me having Dave Campbell talked about doing this. We confirmed we were doing it on the Wednesday, and I spent the the rest of the week is like worrying, like, how am I going to be able to pull this off without these two knowing? Because I didn't tell <laughs> Dave or Jack about it. And you can kind of hear me clicking down, oh, I'm adding the call. But then I'm, I'm doing, I've been also like, can you hear some spare change jingling? And then oh, you hear Andy's voice, like, hello, Dave. And then you know, this, this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad that we weren't doing video that day because I would have loved to see your reaction. <laughs> yeah, honestly, if we were doing, if we were on video that day, you'd have seen my arse just collapse. Like, and you know what, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I actually really like about that moment, though, is that you sneaked Andy into the, into the group call without any of us realizing because normally i have the chat open as well to see like you know what's going on i didn't have it open and i so i wasn't even aware that andy had been added to the chat like about a few minutes prior so i mean i applaud you for your uh for your secrecy on that one that was very well pulled off yeah i, I message him throughout the show like i'm doing it in such a time like okay dave's gonna finish his point in a second get ready i'm gonna add you in a second like i warned him like have skype open b on because i didn't want a like He's like, and here's Andy Mitchell, and it wasn't at his computer, and then nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I'm pretty sure Andy could have cashed in on his own accord, you know, but you're the one that's actually having to announce the cash in itself. If, if, I, if it was Andy himself that was saying, I'm cashing in spare change of the 10, I think that would have just hammered was, the point home. I think it was David who, who orchestrated this whole, Dave Campbell who orchestrated the whole thing. Aye. About doing it. And even he wasn't even a part of ESSR, I don't think. I don't think he'd even came back to be part of like conspiracy season that yet. It was like somewhere in the middle of season mm-hmm. five this happened. So like we were still we still, we still like took back officially, but he was still pulling the string that the puppet master that he is. <laughs> and it was our <laughs> champions lounge as well, all three Mitchell, as they call. Uh, it was our champions lounge as well, all three of us uh, had titles to our name. I was ESSR champion, Scott, you were quiz showdown champion, and Jack, you were 365 champion. Oh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Good times. I, I, I had a long title reign during this COVID era, but uh, it's, it's another home now. It's another home somewhere. I wonder, I wonder where that is, Daniel. Eh? It's a very good home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was even a fun, like, I remember, like, I remember actually seeing, like, it appear and I'm just like, oh, yes. 
I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. And you know, the thing is, like all these great times, they make you enjoy like moments in life. They make you feel very special. And do you like to be in places where things go really special, where you feel nice and hungry and content? Well, you should get yourself down <laughs> to Hotley's Hockey House. God's sake, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see this coming a mile away. Oh, for God's sake. Well, if I've got it loaded there, I have to. I've got to get one. <laughs> right. Never mind. Te- hey, listen, forget the 10% discount. You're getting 20% added on your final bill next time you visit. <laughs> Do you realise what times we live in? I mean, don't forget, a very wise person... We're dealing with a pandemic, you funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quite quite right, quite right. (laughs) People need to remember this, okay? Like, I mean, this is what happens when you put me in control of this, okay? (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm, the, I'm the guy that interrupted like Quiz Showdown 1 with a, sh- a blooming news announcement to reveal that they were doing an improv round <laughs> oh yeah I, I remember Quiz Showdown yeah. 2 with a s- I interrupt Quiz Showdown 2 with a skip me- of me turning into discount Bob Ross in the garden <laughs> yeah that was a great moment <laughs> yeah I, I remember watching Scott's face when I did that reveal and, and I just like snap into character and I just go hello there my name is Shane about your grandparents <laughs> my god fair, it was probably that you, when you mentioned it was a bob ross like I've, I've been watching a lot of bob ross during during lockdown <laughs> me too <laughs> i've got a bobblehead of him on the on the windowsill actually i've got a fucking <laughs> pop of him up there and my chest of drawers he's everywhere yeah the bob ross love it's everywhere in this podcast i was just gonna say joe it's not here no what? love between the goat and steven Oh, what a mm. transition and a half that is because, nice. ladies and gentlemen, Smooth. time has come. We need to go over to the ESSR arena where season five draft winner Stephen Wilson will take on the ESSR champion, the one and only David the Goat Campbell. Are you guys ready for this? Let's do it. Oh, I am. I'm ready. Bear with us, folks, as we make the changeover. And now, ladies and gentlemen, to of the biggest superstars in professional wrestling are about to face each other in this ring for the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are here in the ESSR arena. The situation is so drastic that the lighting for some of us has changed, some of us are suddenly wearing different clothes. Anything can happen in the Saturday Draft Live Federation. We're here to settle a score that has been building and building for many, many, many days. <laughs> Petitions have been put out, harsh words have been exchanged, but now we're here to decide the fate of the ESSR Championship, clearly the most prestigious prize in all of podcasting. I'm still joined by David Hockney, Jack Graham and Daniel Campbell, 
that we've been joined by the two gladiators who will now go to battle over this championship. First off, we have a two-time winner of the ESSR draft, the man who's finally taking his Season 5 opportunity at the ESSR championship. He is the dictator of ESSR. That's not the word I wanted to use, but we're on Facebook Live, so I added the tater. It is Stephen <laughs> Wilson. Yes. Anybody who listens to this regularly knows that I hate uh, sheep, or <laughs> people who do stuff to sheep. I'm now hating goats in the last couple of weeks. So. <laughs> oh, we all hate goats. And now, you're reigning, defending, eat, sleep, suplex, retreat champion. He is riding a high at the moment as Rob Florence described his comments on Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam 2005 as a, when he described that match as a piece of beautiful metafiction. He really created a picture with these words. It's just a shame he couldn't put the same amount of effort into his film scripts. It is David Campbell. <laughs> wow. That's the, <laughs> finally a burn that actually got to me on this fucking show. <laughs> uh, very well played, Scott McLeod. First up, he goes Stephen, a two-time draft champion. Two with an asterisk because I wasn't in the league when Stephen won his second title. So does it really count? Fucked off. Fucked off. Uh, Whatever. Right. But anyway, you you talk about this beef between me and Stephen Wilson. I've done nothing except ask the rules to be followed. He's very catch in as soon as he can. It's been months since he won that that sham of a public draft. David, 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 I'm a busy man. I'm a busy man. You know, I'm trying to move house. You know, I'm getting married. Well, I was getting married next year. No longer get married in two years before people judge anything. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, I didn't, I didn't pester you about this plastic title uh, when you're moving house because I dislike you. I did it because it's the right thing to do. Okay, right. That's that's the end of the story. Well, no, Bobby, my Saturdays are spent by looking at carpets and couches and other things that you buy for a house that I didn't know <laughs> I could buy for a house until recently. So <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> Well, with trash talk of this calibre, we must get into our question. So I'll have, pass it over to Question Master Jack, who will help decide the fate of this championship. <laughs> well, as, as, a, as, a, as I had question for Scott when he went up against Sarah Grieve for the SSR title, I have a question for for you two. Um, are you ready? He's ready for it. I've, I've put so much time into this question. I've, I even created a separate group chat just to make it all staying ready to go. Hell in a Cell just went past and there was three Hell in a Cell matches and I want you to tell me the total combined time of all three Hell in a Cell matches. Oh, well. Um, Please send your answers to David Hockney. Yes, we should have said that beforehand. David Hockney is ready with Facebook Messenger open to receive the answers. If by some miracle they put the exact same answer, then the advantage will go to whoever David Hockney received his answer from first. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify, Ooh. Uh, it's belt to bell, yeah? Belt to yeah, bell, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, I've sent a I can tell they literally sent it almost at exactly the same time. If they are both completely off it, yep. off the mark with the time, it will be whoever is closest as traditional rules. Is, if this is, I'm explaining if this is your first time seeing a draft cash in. Okay. We've, we've done it against each other before, you know, we both know the rules. Like, where's Blackwood's in this counter? Well, I, I don't think Dave won't miscounter, he's a numbers man. <laughs> that's bad. Right, well, get it right. I can reveal that Stephen answered first. <laughs> All right. No. Stephen said, 
that the total combined time of all three Hell in a Cell matches at this at last Sunday's pay per view was seventy six minutes. Oh, that's not what I had. The oh, goat, David Campbell, has gone with sixty five minutes. Oh God! Before I get into what the actual answer is, Daniel, what would be your guess if you're in this? I know the first cell match did run for quite a while, so hmm. I'm more inclined to go maybe with David's answer. I'm not too sure in that thing about it because Sasha Bailey did go a fair bit. We have to switch drinks. Give me a minute. I'll 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 play out a bit. You know, obviously the David and uh, Scott know the answers already, so I won't ask them what. What they think, but the Universal Title match, twenty nine minutes and twenty seconds. Oh fuck, Stevens won. Well <laughs> <laughs> done. The, the women's title match, twenty six minutes and thirty five seconds. Oh fuck. The WWE title match, thirty minutes and thirty five seconds. Well. Total in at eighty six minutes and thirty seconds. So our new <laughs> ESSR champion, Stephen Wilson. Bravo. Bravo. Nah, I'm not having this. I'm out here. <laughs> Congratulations. At yeah. this point, I would like to address several people. David Hockney, the other prick McLeod. The prick McLeod on this show. Say, which one are you talking the, about? Both, prick, both pricks from the Kernahan family. <laughs> that guy from Holland. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Campbell Say the grief Some guy called Mark Hume Listener Thanks Mark for listening Hey Thank you Mark Producer Ajay First name Not mentioned The man who thinks Miz was in retribution And Alan Laurie (laughs) Up he's all (laughs) Well That's a lot Taking a brief segue here to the former champion, Mr. Campbell. Uh, your reaction, you demanded this match. You were, you were in for a big fight there. How do you feel? Well, I'm pleased the match happened. You know, that's all I wanted in the end. The integrity of the draft kept. Sixth title reign. Had had a number of, of classic moments defending the title against Scott at Quiz Showdown 4. Defending it at Hell in no, a Cell. No, you didn't. You know, so it's one of those things. I'll get that title for a seventh time. I'll catch up with, I think, Hockney's the next person I've got to pass. So. Yep. That that hatted man is my next target. Congratulations to Stephen. Uh, he came up with this draft in the first place. It's only fitting that he should win it on the fiftieth episode of Saturday Draft Live. You know, I'm I'm a Bonnell. I don't know why people hate me so much. You know, I <laughs> really don't like him. I really don't like him. <laughs> What's he on about? Before David slips away again, like he did on episode twenty, uh, we once again go back to comments from the uh, the current. Uh, champion, and uh, so you are in a, a strange position here as uh, Laura does still have that spare change uh, in the tin that David has also brought up in the past. Yes, uh, we'll be moving a lot of boxes uh, <laughs> this weekend at time of recording. She could hit me with very many of them, but she wants a new bed, you know, she wants <laughs> such and such stuff for the house. She'll get some if she doesn't cash in on me, simple. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say it's in one of those boxes and the box could easily go missing, but really not. But ladies and gentlemen, that has been Saturday Draft Live episode 50. 
a monumental episode that has been, I'm sure you agree. Thank you for joining us, everyone, here on Facebook Live. Thank you to David Campbell and Stephen Wilson for being here for this title showdown. Thank you for crying at that statement I sent in earlier to read. It was emotional stuff, I think. <laughs> Thank you to the now unbanned Daniel Campbell for being our special guest for this episode. Special guest and producer, so I'll take it. Yes, man of many talents. Thank you to the two men who helped pick the ball up when David Campbell dropped it, uh, David Hockney and Jack Graham. Yep. No problem, no problem. We'll continue to do so. And I have been here since day one was H. I'm Scott McLeod. Thank you for joining us for Saturday Draft Live, episode 50. And here's to many, many, many more episodes. We probably won't be live for some time because this was in our sake. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Wilson. Sports Social Podcast Network.